Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, Merry Christmas, and welcome back to another episode of the Debrief Podcast with Pastor Matthew Stephen yeah. Brown. Yes, Merry don't forget Christmas. the Stephen. Can't forget. Yeah, Merry the, Christmas to you. Yeah, awesome. You know, just so you know, we release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you check them out. Yeah, yeah. these have been really good. And thanks for everybody that's listening. Yeah, awesome. And turning questions. Thank you so much. Okay, this is Michelle from Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Curious if you have an answer to why most churches focus on the Old Testament and Paul's teachings, but seemingly skim over the Gospels. I've seen so many churches build entire doctrines and adopt adopt cult-like practices based on Paul's teachings and Old Testament teachings, but very little emphasis is placed on the life of Jesus mm. and his teachings. Yeah, where's she from? Wilmington, maybe North Carolina. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm guessing you're from the South, and so I just think in a, in a Christian culture, the way that you differentiate yourself from other Christians is the specific nature of your theology. Mm. So that's just not an issue in California. Like all the yeah. Christians, we're just huddled together in the corner trying not to die. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. that that's you know. So like in the South or in Texas, you know, sure. they'll well, this is the way that our church is. And so what Christianity becomes is it becomes a movement of trying to be more right Mm. than the other Christians rather than, um, you know, the Apostle Paul. And what's sad about that, the Apostle Paul says, look, I'm just glad these people preach Christ, Mm -hmm. even regardless of their motives. He says, I I celebrate the fact that Christ is preached. And so I think that, you know, churches can become more and more legalistic and and that's a problem. And by legalistic, I mean very rules oriented Christianity. And that's not to say that rules aren't important uh, because the Ten Commandments are great rules, you Mm -hmm. know, like don't kill people, don't Mm -hmm. commit adultery. Those are, those are good rules. And if you didn't know those, write those down. (laughs) But I think it's, it's, it's important that whenever we say, why do churches, there are 360,000 congregations in the United States, 3.4 million in the world. How many of those churches have you interacted with? Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes it might be the Christians that you're, act, you're, you're interacting with, or here's what's even worse, the gossip that Christians are spewing about other particular churches. That's true. So oftentimes it's not even what the church is doing. You're responding to the gossip that Christians are spewing mm-hmm. about that church. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, sandals is very rarely criticized for what we actually do. We're criticized for the gossip that spread about yeah, what we do. That's true. And it's oftentimes inaccurate. I had a guy confront me one time about something I said in a meeting that he was not present for, but I was present in the entire meeting. And I said, so let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. You're, you have a better <laughs> understanding of what was said when you weren't present, yeah. but I was present in the meeting and I'm telling you that was not said. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know what I know. And I just was like, well, you must be God then because, yeah. you know, but so he, he literally was going to argue with me about something that was said in a meeting where he was not in the meeting, but it was relayed to him that that's what I said. And I just said, look, man, that's, that's not what was said. I say this to my wife whenever she tells me, you know, oh, well, you know, so-and-so said, and I said, look, this is their interpretation of the events mm-hmm. that was then said to another person who interpreted it, who then said it to you and you're interpreting it and now you're saying it to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like telephone when we were kids, we don't actually know what was said. I think most congregations are filled of generally decent people who are trying to follow the Lord and do what's best. 
there is a, you know, cultish way where just having all the answers makes us feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm just doing it 100% right, then therefore I'm safe. And, and there are some, you know, pastors that have it, you know, all figured out. And those pastors scare me because we we don't know everything about everything. And so what I would say is, Hmm. you know, I, I think that the Torah and Paul must be interpreted through what you're saying, the gospels, the person of Jesus, because he is, what would God look like if he walked on earth? That is Jesus. That is God walking on earth. And so we need the Old Testament and we need the teachings mm-hmm. of Paul, but we have to interpret those um, through the lens and person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everything must be understood through him. And so I, I don't know that what she's saying is true. I'm not saying it's not true. I just think we need to be careful with generality, specifically mm-hmm. when it kind of condemns the church. Yeah. Like I think the church is an easy target. And, you know, I meet people all the time. Well, I was hurt by the church. And that's why I say 360,000 churches, mm-hmm. 3.4 million churches. It's not the church, it's the person. And this is so important um, the apostle Paul says something that is very, very challenging. And we need to remember both Jesus did this and the apostle Paul did this. And I want everyone to listen who has church hurt instead of condemning the church, hand the person over to Satan. Paul says this in, uh, Corinthians, he says, hand that man over to Satan so that his flesh may be destroyed. But on the day of judgment, his soul may be saved. That's scripture. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, that's not like Jesus. Well, at the Lord's Supper that we celebrate every week at Sandals Church, Jesus, according to the Gospel of John, takes Judas's hand, yeah. puts the bread into the wine, and says, go do what you must do. And the Bible says, and Satan entered him. Mm-hmm. Jesus handed Judas over to Satan. So what we need to do is say, not the church. Yeah, This person, this group of people did this to me, and just say, Lord, I want you to hand them over to your enemy. And, and why do we do that? What it does is it removes all of the hatred and the anger. Mm-hmm. And we just say, God, I'm going to hand you, yeah. I'm going to hand this person over to their destiny because of their choices. And I'm going to interact with the church in a free way. The apostle Paul was very frustrated with the Corinthian church, very angry with them because they had not listened and they had not done what he said, because this guy's having sex with his father's wife. He's like, look, people in the world don't even do this. <laughs> right. yeah. And, and you know, this is the challenge with my own denomination, Southern Baptist Convention, is we have been worse with women than non-Christians are in the world. We've been horrible. We've not stood for victims. We've not stood for, you know, people who've been wounded or hurt by the church. And mm-hmm. oftentimes we've covered it in the name of protecting the church. Mm-hmm. And we don't cover sin at sandals to protect the church. We just don't do that. Um because there are evil people amongst us yeah. and, and there are in every church. And unfortunately, sometimes they're the pastor. But that's not the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. The church as a whole is a beautiful thing. And for every instance of sin, I could give you a thousand instances yeah, of love and grace and hope and peace. And I think that what people need to do is read scripture and say, okay, this person hurt me. This person wounded me. And if grace doesn't work and praying for forgiveness and you've tried to release it and you've tried to let, and you've done everything you can do, you do what Paul does and you say, Lord, I just release them over to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you go like this, Yeah, I'm done. I'm moving on. And I think that there's a place of peace there because here's the thing is I've been deeply wounded by the church. I've been deeply wounded by people in the church. I've been deeply wounded 
here at Sandals Church, but it's not Sandals that did that. Yeah. It's people who attended Sandals. Mm -hmm. And here's the sad truth, a very, very small percentage of people. I've probably interacted at Sandals with 100,000 people. Personally interacted as I've been the pastor of this church. Maybe more. I don't know. I've been hurt by 20, 30. So I've had an amazing interaction with 100,000. But I'm going to focus and be wounded and be held back by Satan. And that's why Paul says, no, no, no. Just give that over to where it belongs because that's not the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's the enemy. And that's I think a lot of Christians are really going to struggle with what I said. But I just quoted scripture. Yeah. Paul said, get that guy out. Right. (laughs) You know, he is not amongst us. And it's hard to name sin and challenge sin. And, you know, we don't, we're not very good at the church because most people don't respond to challenge very well. So very, very rarely have I challenged someone and they stay at Sandals. They Mm -hmm. just don't. They go to another church and talk about how they were hurt and wounded. And, and these are people who sinned greatly. Yeah. You know, I can think specifically of a man in our church who physically harmed a woman Hmm. and I challenged him. He left the church, refused to submit under discipline. And he's at another church telling everybody how, how terribly he was wounded here. I mean, that's the devil. It is. But it's not that church's fault. It's not. It's him. Mm-hmm. He's the one. He did it. He mm. abused a woman. He did it. Right. And, um, you know, a, a lot of churches are just so glad to have new people. They don't ever ask why they came. <laughs> where they came from. Yeah, where they came from. You know? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I, I'm so sorry that, you know, that, that, that we experience pain in the church. But the truth is, if we can get over that and heal it, it's really not the church. It's very, very few interactions. It's just like, you know, people mm, say, well, good. celebrity pastors. Okay, well, Carl Lentz, name a couple. Most most pastors you've never heard of. Do you know how many times I tell people I'm a pastor of Santa's Church and they're like, who? What? <laughs> they have no idea who I am. Right. You know, like the I, resort? I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I'm a celebrity to a very, very select few. Yeah. And I'm a stranger to the masses. Yeah. That's I mean, the truth. Even Carl Lentz, the girl yeah. that he, you know. Yeah. She didn't know who he was. She didn't know who he yeah. was. And she was in New York City. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. He was just a handsome dude she met at the dog park. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Stay away from the dog park. <laughs> that conversation. I know. Went, so. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is people want to find all the examples they can to not be obedient and surrender to Christ. Mm. Th- that's just the bottom line. So I don't know what church is like in the South. I do know that it is very, very specific. And churches in California, I feel like we're better at being together. Um, it's just like two weeks ago, I went and celebrated Greg Laurie's 50th uh, anniversary at Harvest. Well, he's right down the street from us. Right. He's may- maybe one of the greatest preachers of all time. Mm-hmm. In some sense, I compete with him for Christians, but I we're in California. So I go there and I celebrate him and I'm grateful for him. And I love that him and Kathy have uh, done several things. One, you know, he led me to Christ when I was 22. He has navigated being a celebrity since he was 18. Three, yeah. they're married, scandal-free, and they lost a kid. And I think they navigated that as well as you possibly could. And so I went there and honored him. And you should have seen all the people at Harvest. They're like, oh my gosh, Matt Brown's here. Matt Brown's here. Matt Brown. It's like, yeah, I'm here. Because Greg Glory's an awesome dude. Yeah. And I love that guy. I literally said to him, I said, I love you and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for you. And he was just like, because mm-hmm. I think in the church, oftentimes we see ourselves as competitors and not, you know, complimenters. Yeah. And I, I'm, Sandals We're is who Sandals team. is yeah. because of Harvest and what he did. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. And I look forward to Jonathan having his son, having a great career. I actually would love to have Jonathan on the show. Um, gr- I think it'd be great to ask him just about navigating. Yeah. Um, 
being a, a celebrity pastor kid because mm-hmm. I think he's done it well and he's got a great wife and great kids, but I love them. And, um, I'm grateful for all the churches, even though I help grow them with my disgruntled sandals members, I do my part to grow all the churches around us. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I'm sorry, I can't answer that better. And, yeah, and I mean, here's I the thing is I just don't know. And, and for everyone who wants to comment on all the churches, yeah. you're speaking from a place of pride. And I don't mean her. I think this question is sincere. You're speaking from a place of arrogance and ignorance mm-hmm. because there's no way you can know what 360,000 congregations are doing. I don't know. You know, like people will tell me, you just got to get the church together. I'm like, I don't have their numbers. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't the, know them. There's a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was good. Okay. Ashley from Long Beach. Long Beach, beat yeah. USC, Ronnie's <laughs> debut, broke LeBron James heart, Long Beach State. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well. I shouldn't say heart because he got a bad heart. That was probably, <laughs> Yeah. Praying for Bronnie's heart. Yes. Amen. All right. So Ashley says, I've been suffering from what is called long COVID. I was infected over a year ago and have had some pretty severe health issues ever since. It's been extremely difficult, both physically and emotionally. And I've been praying for healing, wisdom on treatments. uh, Sorry. I've been praying for healing, wisdom on treatments, and God's peace and comfort in navigating all this. I don't ever... hear from him or get any answers Mm. and I don't feel his presence at all nor his comfort makes me question what I am even doing and why I keep praying how do I keep faith when I don't feel like God is in my life Mm. what's her name Ashley Ashley thank you so much I love you um I'm reading through the book of Jeremiah um and the last time I was in Jeremiah was January of 2021 and I came across my notes Mm. and it's the notes said day 17 of COVID and I, 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 my notes said, I don't think I can take much more of this. Mm. So I'm in Jeremiah, right? The suffering prophet yeah. with COVID. Now it's three years later and I'm back in Jeremiah. And um, I just was like, wow. So here's the good news. That suffering, Ashley, that's her name, mm-hmm. feels so far away. But the last time I was in Jeremiah, it felt so real and it felt so overwhelming. And what you're feeling is what Jesus felt. Mm-hmm. Man, where are you, God? Yeah. Why have you forsaken me? And what Jesus is quoting is what David wrote in Psalm 22. And so anybody that's hurting or suffering, go to Psalm 22. It is just such a tough psalm to pray, to read. Um, you know, everybody loves Psalm 23, mm-hmm. but Psalm 22 is rough. And that's what Jesus quoted when he was on the cross. And what you're feeling, Ashley, is the very same thing that Jesus felt. But here's the truth is, God was present on the cross and God is present in your suffering. And so I'll I'll pray for you. So shameless book plug. Um, I have a book coming out, Ashley, and um, I hope that you can get it. And I'm going to put it up here for the camera so everybody can see it. It's Every Day a Miracle, Trusting the God Who Heals Inside and Out. Mm -hmm. And I hope this book changes lives like Ashley. And I I wrote this book in, in a place of suffering. And it's interesting, when I wrote the chapter on waiting, (laughs) my back went out. And for anybody who knows what that's like, I laid on the floor for 10 days. Oh, my gosh. Could not move. I remember when I went to visit the doctor, he asked me to get up on the the table. And I I had to be helped. I couldn't get on the table. And it was like being tortured by invisible Mm. demons. And it was was rough. But that's... That's where the Lord had me to write a book on waiting so that I would be fresh with mm-hmm. what it's like. Because I think it's easy to tell people to have faith when you're not hurting. That's right. And for anybody who feels like Ashley's 
a little ridiculous. You've never really hurt. Mm -hmm. You've never really lost. Um, and even Jesus on the cross knew, he knew what he was getting into. And yet here's the thing. My grandfather said this, and it's the only statement I have. I wish I had more statements from him because he was an impactful man in my life, my grandfather Brown. But he said, death is always academic until it's real. <laughs> and so we can all counsel people when we're not dying, but when it's right. you and when you're suffering, it's different. And even for Jesus, you know, Lama Lama, um, that's why, why both in Aramaic and in Hebrew, why, why, why? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about in my book on when God says no, um, you know, everyone wants to know why. The book of suffering in the Bible is Lamentations, but in Hebrew, it's not to lament, which is a lament is kind of a poetic form of grief. That's, yeah. that's kind of my interpretation of what it means to lament, a, a written form of grief. Mm -hmm. But in Hebrew, it's echa, and that comes from the question, how? <laughs> so what I say in my book, Ashley, instead of why, ask how. How mm -hmm. am I going to get through this? And when you look, when Jesus says, um, and I don't want to give away too much of the, the nuggets of the book, but when Jesus says, why, why, there's no answer. <laughs> and, and here's what we just have to know. There's just going to be some suffering in life where we just don't get right. answers and, and we just don't know. Mm -hmm. God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite mercy is working in the midst of our suffering. And Romans 8 is a great place to go. All The whole creation groans. And as yeah. Christians, we're a part of the whole creation and we're groaning. And what I love about that is it says the spirit groans with us. Mm. Yes. And when we can't pray, he, he prays yep. with groans that we cannot understand. Mm -hmm. And so the spirit of God is praying even in the midst of your uh, feeling of separation from mm -hmm. God. And when you read that, Ashley, the, the whole creation is groaning because they feel separated from the creator. Mm -hmm. And they're longing for the reunification of God and earth. And that's what we don't understand. So everyone thinks Christianity ends with heaven. Christianity ends with heaven and earth coming together mm -hmm. and there's healing. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a new, oftentimes we think new as indifferent. It's a new, um, in, in a similar way to when we become a Christian, we're born again. We're a new, we're a new creation. Mm -hmm. So we're not completely different, but we're totally different in, in a new way. And so the new earth will be renewed in a new way mm. and then the heaven will be renewed in a new way and there is fire imagery that's in the bible we we have to interpret all of the passages of scripture together um because it's, it's difficult sometimes to make sense of seemingly different things where it says everything will be destroyed as a fire and then uh revelation 22 where it doesn't seem that there's a burning but there's a newness mm -hmm. and so we have to interpret that together so i would just say ashley i'm praying for you um, I, God is there, whether mm -hmm. you know that or not, he is there and he's in the midst of that. And, uh, suffering is, is a difficult, difficult thing. Um, and you know, I've not shared this publicly. I think it's the first time I'm sharing this publicly and I'm not going to get into the specifics, but I've had long COVID. Mm -hmm. I just got my smell back uh, about six months ago. So I, wow. I lost certain smells. It's still not completely back. And uh, my wife is always, are you sniffing me? And <laughs> one of the things I love is my wife's smell. Mm -hmm. And I can't smell that. Mm -hmm. And it, I, 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 so she's like, why are you sniffing me? I, I want to see if I got it back yet. And I long for the day of being able to, to smell my beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been some other things that have been really problematic and really frustrating. And I've asked for healing 
Ashley. And so here's the thing is we don't get yeses to everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have to trust God even in the no's. And, you know, um, Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, thou art with me. And okay, God yeah. is with me in this. And we don't have control, Ashley. You know, another story I talk about in the book is my grandmother. Uh, I think she was 90. I can't remember specifically. I say in the book how old she was, but she said, why won't God let me die? What is God trying to teach me? And I told her that you're not God. Yeah. We don't, we don't get to decide the suffering we face. We don't get to decide. God does. And in his infinite wisdom, somehow it all makes sense. And the beauty of the story of Job is that in the end, he was more blessed than he was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that it really, really sucked to go through it. <laughs> yeah, all this, all it was lost. really, really terrible. Mm-hmm. And it was awful loss. Um, and it was real. And so, um, Ashley, I'll be praying for you. Yeah. And I love you. And I'm so sorry. Um, I, you know, this is a, this is a disease created in the lab. That's what I believe. And I remember I had so many bizarre, um, my mom is suffering with a long form of COVID. She has the rash, the burning rash. Mm. And I had that. Now mine went away and my wife's like, I don't remember that. I was like, well, it wasn't on you. (laughs) So I, it was, it was awful. I had the weirdest symptoms, symptoms, Mm. you know, the hair falling out, the, Mm -hmm. it just, it's like, what's going on? I felt like I was nuked, you know, by a Russian scientist with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what is going on? So I'll be praying for you yeah. in that. Um, you know, and what I would do is I would just try to find a, a, a place where, you know, they can work through this. But here's the thing is, more than what God will do or what science is going to do, what are you going to do? How mm-hmm. do you continue to, to take healthy steps? I found one of the things, and I'm going to be preaching on this in a couple of weeks. Um, we're doing the healthy series. Pastor, I should say pastor, he's a pastor, but Dr. Eric Sally is going to lead healthy. Uh, he's a, a doctor of physical therapy. He's just literally a genius when it comes to health. He's going to launch that series. And we're so blessed to have him on staff as a church. And he's been on the show, Hmm. but I'm going to be preaching on emotional health. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is meditation. Hmm. And I don't think Christians know how to do it. And oftentimes we've surrendered that to the yogis and the Mm -hmm. Easterners. And um, a lot of Christians say, well, that's new age. Actually, it's biblical. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to be talking about how to meditate. And it's something that uh, Dr. Eric Sally's really helped me with. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was going through my debilitating back pain, he gave me a worksheet to meditate. Mm. And one of the things that I would meditate on, Ashley, and I'll give this to you for free today, is I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. My body is strong. Yeah. And I'm going to trust that. Mm-hmm. And I can work through this. Mm-hmm. And so I've not gotten through all of my stuff, Ashley, with when it comes to COVID. But I've learned to, um, what's the word? I've learned to kind of live with some of the things that I'm, I'm frustrated with and I am frustrated with them and I, and I continue to pray for ultimate healing, but it is not God's responsibility to heal me of all ailments. I'm a part of this creation like Romans eight and I have to walk through my limited suffering and I'm not saying it's like yours, but I, I, I see the suffering that people go through in our own church. And, you know, like when I went to visit Greg Glory and I knew Christopher, his son, he was wonderful young man and mm-hmm. brilliant and bright. And there was just such an exceptional future for him. And, you know, just lost his life so early in a yeah. car accident, which many parents experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just to say, okay, 
God is with me whether I feel it or not, and I'm going to walk with him in this, and, and that's important. And, you know, the beauty of Lamentations, a lot of Christians don't know this because we don't uh, speak Hebrew, but Lamentations, there's 22 um, verses in each chapter. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So um, w- when you look in your English Bible, it should say, you know, Aleph, Bet, mm-hmm. you know, and it should run through all the way down to the last um, letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so there's 22 verses in chapter one, 22 verses in chapter two, hmm. 66 verses in chapter three, and then 22 in chapter four and 22 in chapter, um, I'm sorry, 20, th- 66 and three, 22 and four, 22 and five. And they're trying to tell us something. Mm-hmm. There's three times the blessing in three as there is in the lamenting. And so we can focus on the why. Hmm. But in three, right, the famous verse, thy mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. That's in three. And that's in three for a reason. And so, Ashley, suffering is real every day, but God's mercies are new every morning. Amen. And um, we, we have to just walk and trust God in that. And for those of us who are healthy, this is why church community, this is why going to church is not enough. Listen to me, Samuel's Church. You need to be identifying with your church community so you can love them and care for them as they suffer. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. That's what true love, true love isn't, hey, we're friends. We both like the Lakers and we're both Republicans. True love is you're suffering and I'm going to care for you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you. And, um, you know, my mom, we had this, this, um, old woman in our church that I grew up and her husband was in a car accident. He was a uh, worked for the postal service and a drunk driver hit him when he was delivering mail. Wow. And he was never the same, mm-hmm. suffered terribly. And she was a businesswoman and had to retire to take care of her husband. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I'm blanking on her name, but his name was Carl. And as a kid, I was kind of scared, you know, of yeah. somebody in a wheelchair, like a scary old man in a wheelchair sure. who was in a lot of pain and probably on 1980s pain medication wasn't, but <laughs> yeah. Lois was her name. And Lois was so sweet. And, you know, she gave me money for college and graduation and stuff. But Lois, in her nineties became very mean hmm. as she sweetest woman on earth, but she got dementia hmm. and she would accuse my mom of stealing and taking her money. And my mom, even though they no longer attended that church, mm-hmm. cared for Lois and did wow. her finances as Lois would spit at her, accuse her, hmm. call social services on her. And my mom did that until Lois died. Wow. That's the church. Yeah. Man. And that's the church. That's what it means to be a Christian. And we need to not just love our family because Jesus says that's what tax collectors and sinners do. We need yeah. to love the church and care for the church. And we don't do that well, partly because we move so much. You know, so many people, you know, I've been here at Sandals 26 years. I've seen so many people come and go. Sometimes I feel like I'm at a parade and I just wave at people as they go by. <laughs> and that's hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm hopeful that if my wife and I are here as we age, whoever the next pastor is will help care for us and make sure that we're okay because I won't be in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's part of the responsibility and the duty of the church is to care for the sick Amen. and and to pray for them and to love them. And it's a ministry that most churches struggle with and it's something that we need to do. And it's why you want old people in your church Absolutely. because you can't, you can't serve them if they're not there. And mm-hmm. so we need to, we need to do that. So great so question, good. athlete. Thank- Ashley, I love you. Thank you. Um, so good. Okay, this is Bo from Dandridge, Tennessee. Wow, Tennessee. Praying for you guys. They got, uh, I mean, this recorded early, but you guys had a lot of uh, tornadoes. Right, recently. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard you explain a few concerns about Christianity away with many solid reasons. But Phil one isn't as strong as I once thought. God giving up his son to die. My conundrum 
with this now is that he knew he would get him back. Mm -hmm. Sure, there would be some pain and betrayal, but I feel like it downplays the sacrifice. Should I see it any other way? Yeah, I think you're missing what's happening on the cross. And so um, Jesus is not just dying. He's drawing all evil for all time to himself. Mm -hmm. And just think about that for a minute. (laughs) All evil for all time. Mm -hmm. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah, he became sin. And so he, he drew it all into himself. And so what's happening on the cross is evil is having its way with him. Yeah. And in that there's separation within the triune God. So think about this. What's his name? Bo. Bo? Mm -hmm. Bo. God broke himself who had been, you know, so as Christians, we testify that God is one, and yet as one God, he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is this triunity of persons who have known, loved each other, and been with each other for all eternity. There has never been a time that the Son was not God and was not with God. He has always been with him. And yet on the cross, there's a separation that mm-hmm. takes place. And so God was broken, Bo, so we could be made whole. Mm-hmm. God broke himself and severed himself from himself so that we could be united to himself. And so again, we go back to what is Christianity? It's not us going to heaven, it's heaven coming to us. God is coming to us. And so it's not just a matter of, because here's the reality, but when you die, you're going to be raised. Yeah, absolutely. So so what's the point there? Mm -hmm. It's not just the death, it's, it's the accepting and taking on the penalty of our sins. He took and bore upon himself the wrath of God. And for anyone who's experienced pain, you can't tell somebody who has a broken leg, you'll be better tomorrow. Shake it off. Right. You know, we have a a missionary in Africa and they were loading the, um, what do you call the things we put on the ships? The when you, when you put them on the Pacific Ocean, all of our TVs and stuff, containers. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, the, the big metal containers, their container was delivered. And when they were delivering the container at his house in Africa, it slipped. And, you know, Africans, you know, if they don't go to school like we do, they don't understand a, a, just a lot of things that we take for granted. And so one of the things is size and weight. And so he did what he, he tried to stop it sure. with his own hands. And it pinched his arm against the gate and it ripped his arm off. So they had to pull, pull the container back. And when they did, it pulled his entire arm off, all the skin, all the tendons, everything, and just, just left the bone. So then for everyone who hates America, they take him to the hospital and they will not treat him until our missionary can bring money to treat him. The nurse yells at him, shut up. It's only pain. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like in the moment. So here's the thing. So what he's doing is he's minimizing, you know, he's minimizing the pain and suffering in the moment because three days later, it's all going to be good. Mm -hmm. Well, tell that to the guy with his arm ripped off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so why did she say that? Because it wasn't her pain. Yeah. And so Bo's issue is it wasn't him on the cross. Mm -hmm. So he's minimizing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that dude had to wait two hours because they had to go to the bank. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, by the way, uh, we had another person. They had to do a stint for one of our missionaries there. Did you guys hear the story? 
So they paid for one stent. They stopped the surgery, came out and said, you have to give us more money because it requires two stents. And they did not continue the surgery until they paid for the second oh my stent. Gosh. There's no layaway in Africa. Right. <laughs> like w- the things that we think makes America horrible, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. I told somebody one time when I came back from India, I said I would spend eternity in D- the DMV before I lived in India. India is just rough. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the, the level of suffering is so great. Mm-hmm. And America has challenges, but we're so blessed and we don't know it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what I would say is I just think because it's not, it's not what happened to you, you're minimizing it. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus is not comforted in the moment by three days later, I'm going to rise. And why is that? He's yeah. suffering. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it's enormous suffering. And he was beaten and he was bruised and he was, hmm. he's gasped. Have you ever felt like you were choking? Yeah, absolutely. That's how he died. Right. But he, he's not a feeling. You, you, you are choking to death. You are unable to push your legs up to get air. Yeah. And so imagine like having to hold your breath underwater, but doing that for hours, like crucifixion is prolonged drowning. And so that's what's happening. It was very real pain in the moment will make you crazy. And that's why, that's why in the moment, Jesus, who was with God forever said, why have you been here? Yeah. Because in the moment, he forgets about the plan. Why is that? Because the pain is real. Hmm. Because he was fully human. And so I just think it's not just, oh, you get him back. It was real. It was a real death. It was real pain. It was real suffering. And here's the thing. It really mattered. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think, you know, I would encourage you, Bo, to to work through that a little bit more. But it's not just, oh, he'll be back in three days. Um, it was real. And it is real. And I mean, I've, I've prayed with people. I've had a, a man, Mike, in our church look me in the face and, and say, I can't take it. I got to die. And he said, please tell my wife I'm sorry. I can't take this. Hmm. And he died maybe an hour later. Hmm. But he said that right to my face. It was real. Yeah. And, um, and for some people, death is a comfort. Hmm. And that's for Jesus, you know. He took his last breath. And, but it was very, very real. And we need to remember that. And we need to not minimize that. But again... I think there's a coldness when it's not us, mm-hmm. when it's not our pain. And, um, you know, I think that, again, as, as Christians, you know, there's there's some people who think COVID's a joke. And yet it still is killing people. And it's still, we had a family in our church at one of our campuses lose nine family members to oh COVID. They had a birthday party. They lost nine oh family gosh. members at that, from that party. And then there are people who think, you know, it's, it, it's so it's like, look, I'm not saying everybody should have to be vaxxed. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not for government control and sticking, you know, experimental things in your arm, <laughs> but it's not a joke. Right. It's real. But we, but we have people in our church that have left our church because they think, well, you sold out, you're woke. No, no, no. I'm awake to the fact that nine family members died. Right. And they, and they, you know, they didn't die in a car accident. They died of this disease um, that you think is silly because you didn't get it or because you got it, you know, you had the sniffles. Yeah. And so we just have to make sure that we have compassion because pain is real and suffering is real. And if you didn't get it, you're just blessed. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank you. That was good. Okay. This one's Katie from Riverside. Mm. I always hear about karma. Mm. Recently, I had a friend say that God uses karma too, that he allows bad things to happen to us because of something we did that 
may have hurt someone, even if it's something small. I tried to explain to them about God's mercy and forgiveness, that he doesn't punish us with revenge for every sin that we have done to someone else. was wondering if you can explain more of your thoughts about karma and people saying God uses it. I know God doesn't do karma, but I know a lot of people that believe that. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of Christians believe a lot of stupid things. So what what I would say is, so so what is karma? Um, it's not just this idea that you do bad things in life and bad things can happen to you. The actual idea of karma as I understand it, and I don't have a degree in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there is no such thing as Hinduism. You know, it's something that the English invented to describe thousands of religions in India. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's... India is the most culturally diverse, religiously diverse nation on earth, mm-hmm. and they do not get along. The, the, really, the only thing that they have in common there is English. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Um, the gift of their oppressors. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how that they speak. That languages are so different. In some states, you can eat meat; in other states, you right. can't. It's because there's just there's just differences there. Um, but karma, as I understand it, is this idea of like you are poor in this life. This is why in India they they don't care for the poor and they don't care for the sick. Because the understanding is you did something bad in right. the last life, and so you're paying for it in this life. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. Like, they walk right over. Children starving, people dying in the streets. They're just there. Mm-hmm. Because their religion is is that you're getting, God is paying you back because of what you did in the last life. So that's the idea of karma, that it's this cyclical thing, and you're kind of stuck here until eventually you reach the highest level, and mm-hmm. then you graduate, and then, you know, and again, I'm not an expert on that. Um, and then Buddhism teaches, right, that it's just all fake. It's not real. You can just kind of check out to it. And I don't agree with either of those religions. Here's where I think the Bible speaks to something that's karma-like. Mm-hmm. And what it says is what you sow, you shall reap. Yes. And so there is some truth to the fact that, look, Jesus says you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. But that's more of a proverb than a statement because not everybody who is violent dies violently. But most people who live violent lives die violent deaths. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the way it goes when you live that way. So there, there is an aspect to life that's like karma, but it's not a biblical teaching because when a child is born with a disease, they've done nothing wrong. Right. And Jesus talks about this in, uh, I believe it's John chapter 9. Can you guys check? I think it's John chapter 9. Why was this man born blind? Was it something he did or his or parents? His parents? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says neither. This man was born blind so that the glory of God could be yeah. manifest. Now, we need to be careful as Christians right. because that's that specific instance. We don't need to right. build a whole theology that everyone is suffering so that the glory of God could be manifest um, because we just got to be really, really careful. In that instance, that's why this right. man had this illness. Um, so I, you, you just need to understand this, that Proverbs help us navigate and manage life. And a proverb is not something that's always true. It's something that's usually true. So a lot of Christian parents are really upset, raise a child up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And then, so they have their kid in, in the church and then they don't believe God. And they mm-hmm. say, wait a minute, God's word is not true. Well, it's a proverb. Mm-hmm. It's better and more likely that when you raise a child in the way that he should go or she should go when they are old, they will not, but, but they're still a free human being and an mm-hmm. adult and they may do what they want to do. And, and for, you know, I have adult children now, so I'm getting to experience my children do what they want to do. And it's just like, Whoa, mm-hmm. I've raised them the best I can, but now they're up they're on their own and they have to make their own choices right. and suffer their consequences right. for those choices. Um, so I think that a lot of Christians, when they say they believe in karma, I don't like, I don't like that language because I believe in Jesus. Right. Is there an aspect of life that is karma like, Yes, 
like you, you live a violent life, you'll probably die a violent death. Death. If you're done with done with your money, you'll probably go broke. Mm-hmm. That's what Proverbs is teaching. If you live like a fool, you'll experience the consequences of the fool. So Proverbs is the most karma-like book. Look. But to say that I believe in karma is to say that I believe in another religion. That's not yeah, true. Absolutely. And here's why, as Christians, we don't believe in karma because we don't get what we deserve. Yeah. Christ disrupts that whole idea. The wages of sin was death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So karma is, right, I I get what I deserve. Jesus interrupts that, Mm -hmm. breaks that cycle, and dies for me on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so I need to understand that. So Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Awesome. That was great. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And you can always submit questions on our app or at move.sc forward slash ask. And we are, hopefully you guys have been seeing our posts about Every Day a Miracle because Mm -hmm. we're going to have a live debrief. Oh, that's exciting. I know it's going to be awesome. And we would love for you to come. So if you have pre-ordered the book, please let us know in the comments so that we can invite you to this amazing event. So we can talk about the book and you can share what God has given to you in this. And it's going to be awesome. So please let us know. Yeah, please do. So a couple things just for our listeners. A lot of people, and I didn't understand this before I wrote a book. I didn't understand why pre-orders. I'm like, Mm -hmm. why do I need to do this? What it does is for HarperCollins, who's not a Christian company, it sets the algorithm for how many books they're going to publish. So what you're doing when you pre-order the book is you're elevating the status of my book and how they're going to distribute it. So you're you're actually helping me market it by pre-ordering. So if there are no pre-orders, they're like, okay, we're we're not going to push this book. (laughs) Right. Um, because I'm not a celebrity like Taylor Swift or somebody like this who, you know, if she if she wrote a published a coloring book, right, we all the Swifties would go out it. and buy it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't have any Maddies, you know, like she has, <laughs> I don't have any Maddies. So, uh, and the next thing is, if you look through that, if you pre-order, there's some free gifts for you. Uh, so, awesome. for those who pre-ordered it for a gift, you can send the gift card to your loved one. There's some prayer cards in there. There's also a sample chapter where you can get that and kind of get a, a taste of what it's going to be like. And there's a, a miracle story in there that awesome. you can get if you pre-order it. But so uh, thank you so much for all the love and pre-ordering it. And um, for all of our debrief listeners, when you do get the book, what I would love you to do is to post about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the same thing for this show. If you love the debrief, please go on, like it, post it, leave a comment. That really, really helps us because it draws other people's attention to this show. And they're I mean, everybody has a podcast now. I keep waiting for my mom to be like, yeah, I have a podcast. (laughs) Um, So it helps kind of get the word out about the debrief. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So please pre-order. We'd love to see you at that live recording. Uh, Keep listening for that. We'll give you more details soon. But see you guys later. Love you. Great. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.